everybody. You are listening to the History Boys. I, again, am Christopher Whedon. And uh, if you remember last time, I was talking about the sun and how I hated it. It's cloudy today. It's still too warm. But uh, I, I just wanted to say that Jerry and I walked away from the exact same pub and eatery yes. as last time. And I was like, see, this is what I was talking about with the sun. Yeah, You're like, yeah. that, is, that is right there. It was accurate. It was like yeah. right that t- same time of day. We were leaving right the same amount of beers. Yeah. I was like, see, <laughs> I just had to experience it. I wasn't making up jokes. I hit my head. We both hit our head on the sun. Yes. Yes, indeed. Zach wasn't there for that, but... Uh, no. I, but, but you know it, who, but who is, is here? here for you know who is here for this? Hi, I'm Zach Mech, and I am your long lost history boy, uh, the prodigal son. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was the son that he hit his head he, on. He defeated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? He, Tyler hit his head on a different son, yeah. his own son, his own son, which is why he's not here. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's to watch that boy. He has to watch the boy. The missus is out of town. He's yeah. he's got to watch that boy. And we're we trying to get the boy on the podcast. Yeah, we're recording in person. Yeah, which yeah. is great. Which I don't know if you people Finally. at home know that we haven't done that in all summer. I don't think. I don't know. Yeah, I don't maybe know. more. Well, it's great to be back. Yes. Um, I'm Jerry Nash, your mm-hmm. humble history boy, as always. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, today we have a listener. Request, gang. Oh, Listener yay. request. Ding, mm-hmm. ding, 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 ding. This one actually took me a little bit to put together. It was requested back in January, I think, of this year. I think we have older requests than that. We have older requests than that. <laughs> uh, this was one that, like, I was like, wait a minute. I actually don't know a lot about that. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time getting this one to- mm-hmm. together. So the, my, my list of sources, it'll, it'll be evident how crazy it was go go and look at that if you want to see my sources there's uh too many to really uh talk mm. about here but there's a lot of them you see that gang we actually listen and we read each and every one of your requests but we play favoritism we do <laughs> yeah. i don't even remember who told us this one uh but. this one comes from colby oh yeah. hi colby yeah and colby yeah. uh wanted to know uh more about the Silesian uprisings. That's right. Now, is this that is spaghetti not- to the spaghetti incident? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's Kelvin uh, and Hobbes. Yeah. No. The, now we're not talking about the Silesian Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happened in uh, you know Frederick the Great's time. So basically, this kind of stuff has been going on since then, yes. since the late 1700s, early 1800s. It's been going on since then. Right, mm. this whole thing, everything we're talking about, this is—it's always been a thing. Yeah. Mm. Right. So at the end of the First World War, a new Polish nation was founded out of the lands that were held by Tsarist Russia, the German Empire, and the now extinct Austro-Hungarian Empire. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah, uh, I guess the German Empire is also extinct at this yeah. point as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's, kinda... it's Weimar now. Yeah. Right. Right. There's a there's a, the map from. What is it? When did the war start? Nine, uh, 1914? Yeah. 1914 to 1918, I believe, is yes. World War One. Yep. Drastically different in that area. Totally <laughs> different. nothing is the yeah. same anymore. Yeah. Eastern and Central Europe is completely changed. Forever changed. Mm-hmm. And and it stayed the same ever since then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. I was Even just in there. my lifetime, I have memories of it changing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The stuff we see with Ukraine mm-hmm. yeah. and things like this, this, this goes back, I mean, it, it goes back way, way far. But, like, we're going to deal with that stuff mm-hmm. in this era, you know? And there's so many things that are happening at this time. 
Um, it's not the only thing Poland is dealing with. Mm-hmm. This, this subject matter we're about to talk about. It's not the only thing Germany's dealing with. You don't it's say. not the only thing Russia's <laughs> dealing with. They're all dealing with a bunch of different things here. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Just know that that. Well, it's like yeah, we can't tell the entire story of World War One. No. And all the pieces of that just to. And I can't tell all of the you know the whole story of all the interwar years. Mm-hmm. Right. This is just one piece, small yeah. piece. Of the fighting after World War One. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So basically, when when the armistice was signed, the fighting didn't stop, on, yeah. especially in the East and then Central Europe. Mm-hmm. The Poles, though, they never forgot their nationality through mm-hmm. that whole time. So, you know, every generation it seemed they would rise up against. Uh, either Russia, Austro-Hungary, and Germany. They would, mm-hmm. they would rise up against these guys, and they'd, they'd be put down, and then rise up, and then, you know. It was sort of like a tradition, you mm-hmm. know, amongst Poles, because their nation didn't exist anymore, and they wanted it to exist. Right, you right. You know? And it was, yeah, divided up amongst those um, countries. I, I don't know if you're going to get into this, but I, something I thought was always interesting was the idea of the, just the geography of Poland yeah. made it extremely easy to invade, and just made yes. their lot like... The people there had to live really hard lives for a very long time because just, you know, like a huge base of, like, basin, pretty much. Yeah, it's no, wide open. Wide yeah. open, you know. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, France is the opposite. It's, like, yeah. perfectly secured, has, like, great <laughs> land for growing crops and making delicious food and wine. And they're over Defense. there just being like, ha-ha. Yeah. Yeah. And Poland is just constantly getting beaten back. Yeah. You know, it makes for hearty, well, strong people. Well, and they're right in the middle. Of a Protestant country, mm-hmm. whom they hate because they're Catholic, yeah, and an Orthodox country, whom they hate because oh, they're Catholic. Yeah, that's a... Right. And, of course, the two on the other side, you know, Russia and Germany, they hate each other, too. Yeah. You know, they're so surrounded... They're surrounded by people that hate them, and that they hate everyone else. And they're like... Yeah, and they're prime marching through land. Yeah, exactly. This is my marching through land. <laughs> really... <laughs> My old, my what is that old phrase? That like, my uh, stomping ground, stomping ground. Ah, uh, yes, you yeah. got there. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it certainly doesn't help how the poles are so inviting, because you know on both sides of the country they like their cheese and they like oh, beer, man. and Poland just makes the most delectable fried cheese ooh, and unfiltered ooh. beer. Zach, I, I ask love. you something. Have you been to Poland recently? Yeah, I was in Warsaw. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's I would great. love to go to Warsaw. Oh, yeah. Me too. Warsaw is great. Listen, listeners at home, if you're in Poland, I'm going I'm to stay we have, your couch. Dude, we have Polish listeners. That's They've rad. contacted us before. I love it. That's right. We have Polish listeners. It's pretty dope. So the year is 1918. The yep. armistice has, has been signed, ending the senseless carnage of World War I. Mm-hmm. Or was it senseless? You see, on the Eastern Front... And in the hearts and minds of a lot of people in Eastern and Central Europe, this war was actually necessary Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. It was necessary. We think of it differently in the West. The whole war on the Eastern Front was a lot different. Well, it's kind of like from the Western Front. Exactly what I was saying. Where it's like if you look at how much those, like on the the Western Front. Yeah. Not a lot of change. I mean, yeah, there's changes in, but France is there, Belgium, Germany. You know. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. Switzerland gets to hang out in the mountains because nobody wants to climb that shit. <laughs> I was wondering if, like, similar... Sorry, I did not... The, the thing I was telling about with, like, 
France is kind of well guarded where yeah. Poland is not. I wonder if part of the reason Switzerland is able to be neutral is because it's tucked there in the well, well, in the Alps. Well, within the Treaty of Versailles, all the countries of the world basically recognized Switzerland's neutrality. Mm-hmm. They would never want to be a part of anything like this. They never, yeah. I think, um, the, I think there's a certain, like, they're like, hey, you never got involved? Yeah. You're good. Yeah. That was definitely a point. Speaking of points, uh, Wilson's 14 points that he made after the war, mm-hmm. they, you know, there are all these things that we need to fix and make sure this kind of thing never happens again. And I'm not going to read all the 14 points. Mm-hmm. The first seven of them are just the words you can't say on TV, right? <laughs> uh, That's George Carlin. Well, yeah. Well, his his thirteenth point. Um, basically, all of these points were demands for after the war, mm-hmm. like th- things that that these had are the words to I can say on TV. <laughs> things that had to happen. So I'm I'm not going to say all the points here, but the thirteenth point is quote: an independent Polish state should be erected which should include the territories inhabited by indisputably Polish populations, which should be assured a free and secure access to the sea, and whose political and economic independence and territorial integrity should be guaranteed by international covenant. I missed that in the uh, the press conference after the uh, Seahawks versus uh, Broncos game when uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson uh, got booed from the yeah. Seahawks. Yeah, I didn't realize state. that he was uh, sympathetic to the yeah. to, to the Polish population. Yeah, Polish state. Hmm. Uh, he's like, I demand there should be. A, they're like, well, there is now. Yeah, there is like, now. He's yeah. like, oh. I mean, it's been a while, yeah. dude. <laughs> I'm kind of behind. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you, you get tackled enough like, times, and then you get that also brain. Also, in his defense, yeah. he, he was reading all <laughs> of history in order, so he had already gotten to Poland existing at all, so that's yeah. pretty fucking impressive. And he's like, yeah. guys, you know? <laughs> it's like, like dude, is that where you're at? He's like, I don't <laughs> exactly. like to be spoiled, yeah. but I've been reading history. No, like, yeah, no about, spoilers, please. I'm at 1918. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, all, wait, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is kind of a, it's sort of a naive thing to say, because there's a lot of problems with that. So you don't say that, like, you basically go, in this area of land, you know, we're going to say that it is a specific state of a specific race of people. Well, there's Poles there, they speak cultural, Pol- yeah. yeah, they speak Cultural group yeah. of people must be in this spot. Yeah, yeah. And, and there were there were parts of Czechoslovakia mm-hmm. that were, was going to go to Poland. There were parts mm-hmm. of Ukraine that was going to go to Poland. There were parts of Russia that were going to go to Poland. There were parts of Germany that mm-hmm. were going to go to Poland. So no one's happy, right? And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Our, and the Polish are probably like, well, that's a target on our back. Well, they're like, hey, great. You yeah, know, like, we, so. we got a nation, right? Good thing we had the one world war. Yeah. Um, Good thing fighting totally stopped after 1918. Nobody's going to want to fight a world war after that fucking travesty. Yeah, exactly. They were fighting. They never stopped fighting. They were, they were fighting on their eastern front continuously. That yeah. never stopped. Yeah. The, the Bolsheviks did not want to come to the uh, diplomacy table, and the Allies didn't want the Bolsheviks there either. Mm-hmm. So fighting never stopped over there because, to them, that area that was given to Poland was always Russia. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not true. And then they were fighting for a different reason, right? Well, we're bringing the uh, revolution of the people to the people, you know, to all nations and da-da-da-da-da, right? It's just more carnage Mm -hmm. is what it really was, right? We don't have really, we don't have a lot of time to go into that. Certainly not. 
But know that Germany is dealing with stuff on both sides. Poland is definitely dealing with something on on all sides, basically. Mm -hmm. And there's this overarching point that we have to remember that Germany is expected to have war reparations. You know, they Mm, have have to pay all this stuff. You know, they're like, this war is your fault. You have to pay all these war reparations. And in order to do that... You know, they need the industrial centers and mm-hmm. things like this to churn out natural resources and things to sell, mm-hmm. you know, in order to make the money to pay these reparations. So, serious question. What happened with Poland is similar to what happened in World War II with uh, Palestine and Israel? Would, uh, is, is that a safe that's thing not, to... No, no, no? That, I mean, that's a lot different. I mean... In, there may be some the, similar. Would there be some similarities to it? Do you think it's the same in that a country that didn't exist now exists. Right. Exactly. And that, that, that's what I And meant. people are not happy in certain areas because this country now exists. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Right. It's different because Poles live there, and they are very nationalistic. They for generations they've wanted their own country. Right. I'm right. not saying israelis are any different i'm just saying that there, there, there's no infighting uh versus uh in well, poland uh, it's just it's just different circumstances yeah, right. you know it's just it's for different reasons it's 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 a whole other ball of wax you know what i mean okay but it's um, still a ball of wax it's a ball of wax okay though. yeah mm-hmm. most of these things are now a big sticking point was this speaking of wax nice <laughs> was this a uh, small area in the south of poland uh, called Upper Silesia, or mm-hmm. Silesia. There's actually, you know, there was Upper, there was Lower Silesia, there, there was another place uh, in the middle. And I might be actually sort of pronouncing a little bit. Uh, South Central Silesia. Uh, Silesia, I think, is actually uh, pronounced. Straight out of Silesia. Yeah. I got uh, that album. That's a good one. That is. Yeah. The, the, this is where a lot of problems came from uh, with these 14 points, right? Right? So... The reason why is because it was mixed ethnically, right? You had German Poles, and you had Pole Poles, mm-hmm. Polish, mm-hmm. you know, straight up Double Polish. Poles. And to complicate matters, you had Silesians mm-hmm. that were neither German or Polish. Mm-hmm. And they still kind of want their own state. Mm-hmm. And they've wanted their own state for a very long time. They yeah. even have their own language, which some people... They're like, ah, it's a dialect of Polish. It's sort of a mixture, dialect of Polish and German. Mm. It's like, well, go down there and tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> you won't understand them because it's not fucking Polish. Yeah. I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't know how like that. So Silesia was the, the pole position, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. It, nice. it, it was the largest It was the largest minority group in Poland. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Is the Silesians. Ah, the majority. The silent majority. <laughs> now... Generally speaking, a way to think of this in Silesia is that people that lived in the city considered themselves more German, and the people that lived in rural areas considered themselves more Polish. Right? Mm-hmm. That's a good way to think about it. So, so I, yeah. I just want to set that stage here. Now, the the real reason why Silesia is such a sticking point here is because it's also a huge mining hub and industrial oh, hub. Oh, you don't say. Yeah. What a weird mm. coincidence. Yeah. So all their coal, you know, like there's a lot of coal mines. There's a lot of like, you know, all these, the like, iron, you know, all this stuff comes out of this place. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And Germany is like, we need this area that is historically 
quote unquote ours since like six months ago when we all since, teamed up. Well, since Frederick, more, yeah. since Frederick the Great, no, basically, I, is okay. what they're talking about. <laughs> I'm kidding, but yeah. yeah. They're like, it's historically ours. During a process known as ger- Germanification mm-hmm. um, in the mid-1800s, they were trying to convert, basically, the culture of this particular population to German. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like in Crusader Kings when you go, change culture to this county, yes. to my culture. And then you get a bunch of uprisings. Mm. That's exactly what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the French position on this Silesian question is, of course, they want to hurt Germany as much as possible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And that's that, that was basically their attitude. Based Thought on my them. understanding yeah. at the time, they were probably pretty upset. Oh, yeah, very upset. Now, Poland wanted this area for, to, to sustain their shaky economy, right? Mm-hmm. So they had basically an alliance with France. And historically, France has had an alliance with Poland. So having, you know, a French ally that's in between... Russia and Germany was good for France, basically. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, it's a new economy. It's a new country. You know, yeah, they're going to need some of these industrial centers. Now, Britain was more sympathetic to Germany because they were like, look, we were going to make Poland. You know, it's going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. But we want all of these reparations to come from Germany. How are they going to pay it back if if we give them all of these sort of industrial centers, you know? Yeah. And it's like, are you, like, one author they, said... They want those reparations. Yeah. Uh, one person, I think, uh, I think even Lloyd George, who, who was the prime minister of Britain at the time, he said, like, is France cutting off their nose to spite the face? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're not going to be able to repay this. Uh, mm-hmm. do, the, do they just want them ruined forever? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Like, and they were basically like... We, oui. yeah, <laughs> and then they gave them Maurice uh, Valier laugh. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> but the thing about Britain is that they had their hands full elsewhere, hmm. places like Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they had they had their hands full. The the war, like we mentioned this in some of our other <laughs> like the Irish uh, the yeah. Easter Rising, but uh, wars tend to bring out a lot of upright. Yeah, as this yeah. episode, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, the Bolsheviks, this, the Irish, yeah. all over the place. Oh, Armenia. Poland, Ukraine, Armenia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, man. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just in one place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like within one country. It's like multiple places for different reasons in the same country. You yeah. see, I think this is why uh, soccer or internationally known as football is so popular because everyone wants to have their own home. Or root yeah. for their own home team. Oh yeah, and then there's all them hooligans that do the the fisticuffs. And everything. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think there's truth. I mean, soccer like, yeah, brings everyone together and tears them apart and divides us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit. It, it is the world's biggest religion, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Now the uh, United States didn't really give a shit. Um, they Sounds about, about right. About soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's changing. <laughs> it's changing. No, uh, they didn't really care until. You know, Poland or, or these countries could come out with a stable democratic government, mm-hmm. you know, and then we'll talk. Definitely that's, not socialist, though. Yeah, no, de- definitely not. But then we'll talk, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the United States point. Uh, no interest unless you're like me and we can actually be stable and have a good back and forth mm-hmm. sort of economy. So they're like and, opposite King Louis. They're like, I want you to walk like me. I want you to talk like me. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
talk like me. Yeah. Well, because the United States emerged from World War One as like the most powerful yeah. country on earth. You yeah. know what I mean? There were, and and yeah. look where we're at now. <laughs> Super yeah. isolationist before that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But the thing is, is no one could agree on any of these points. No mm. one could agree, and it divided the allies. You know, Poland's basically like left in the corner. Like, so I'm dealing with Russia. I'm dealing with Germany. I'm dealing with all this shit. And I don't have, like, the allied infrastructure that all these other countries affected by the war also had. Yeah. I don't have that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, they're kind of left out in the cold, so to speak, you know? hmm They couldn't agree where to divide it, you know? Like, the... I, I, I picture it like... It is sort of like a pie, and people, like... Oh, yeah. We'll cut it here. And it's like, but well, that gives them most of the pie. Yeah. And they're like... Well, how about we cut it here? They're like, no, 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 move it back. Mm-hmm. You know, like that—that's kind of how they're talking about this. But that's a more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a pizza pie. Uh, I was thinking of it as a pizza pie the whole yeah. time. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm glad. I was like, I know you said pie. I was like, my brain goes, all right, pie, apple, cherry. Nah, fuck that. Yeah. Pizza. Yeah. Sorry, we're not from the Midwest. We're not gonna do the apple pie with a slice of cheddar cheese on top. <laughs> Although that is delicious. But I've never had it. But it's you know, amazing. I'm not, I'm not above it. I'm not. It's above good it. stuff. I just need somebody to present it to me. Yeah. So because no one could agree during the conference at the Treaty of Versailles, they basically required a plebiscite mm-hmm. to be held in Silesia, and a plebiscite is basically just a vote, mm-hmm. right? And it was, and Silesia wasn't the only place they held one. Right. Mm. But but the point is, is that they were like, do you want to be in Germany or do you want to be in Poland? Sounds simple enough, doesn't it? No, mm. it's not. No, <laughs> it's not simple. <laughs> the problem with this is, is they pushed the vote to remain in Germany or be in Poland off to 1921. That's a, right. a long time from now. Yeah. You know, and and it's like, like, what are really, they guys? A light rail, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, Seattle. <laughs> There's joke. some Seattle humor for you. <laughs> uh, but it's just like, oh, so wait, wait until it turns into a pressure cooker and mm-hmm. then hold the vote? Yeah, that's good. Wait, yeah, just till the one second before it, it, it was too late. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. just, uh, yeah, good intentions, you yeah, know, paving wait. the road to hell, you know? Now, both countries, Germany and Poland, they circulated vicious propaganda about, mm-hmm. you know, staying in Germany versus Poland, right? Mm-hmm. Now, people at the time, even there, they were like, well, you know, there was a nationalistic sense. I'm going to be, we're going to be Poland and da-da-da-da-da, you know. And then the other guys are saying like, no, we are Germany, da-da-da-da, you know. Yeah. You know there, there's a lot of flexing of yeah. muscles in that realm. But it really had less to do with that mm-hmm. and more to do with where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh, uh, yeah. And that so they're like, question. they're like, okay, new country of Poland that is kind of shaky or Germany that historically, I mean, they lost a war, but historically really? they've been doing better. They've been doing really well. Uh, they just got a Weimar Republic, which is very progressive, mm-hmm. uh, by the way. A lot of people were like, well, I'd rather be with Germany. It just... It, it sounds more stable to me, mm-hmm. right? And at that time, it made sense to people. Yeah. You know? So keep that in mind. But but with this propaganda going on, it further polarized the public. 
I mean, it, it, it like the propaganda essentially sounds to me like a shitty guidance counselor. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, where, where do you see yourself in 10 years? This is what my parents wanted yeah. me to do. <laughs> it reminds me of a guidance counselor trying to convince me to join the army. Yeah. Which apps, apps, have we all, have you dealt with that? I've dealt with that. I've never dealt with that because they were like, you can't do that. You have a problem with authority. I mean, um, I think they that was my like, whole life of yeah. joining the military. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, is, are you, yeah. I, I know a lot of, I, I would just say a couple people who joined the military have a problem with authority. Yeah. One or two. Yeah. I, I have a deep seated distrust. Yeah, I do too. But I, I don't know. I, I think I think there's a certain I've known people who were, want to join the military because they they say they crave discipline and I'm like that they wanted structure yeah they want awful. structure in their life yeah I don't want structure yeah I want chaos <laughs> yeah I want a little um, bit of chaos as a treat yeah and what this what what you know further polarization I mean we see it here in this country you know we have really polarized on one side really polarized on another and it leads to civil unrest that's just what it does mm -hmm. people that can't stand to be in the same room with each other they want to fight each other now so what you're saying like like now where our country the united states is yeah. uh, more divided than ever but yes that's just because of cell phones right no <laughs> no it's not data was watching this video it's propaganda that like she had to watch for a class that basically was saying that and like she starts boiling it down and like starts blaming cell phones no and it's like because people don't talk to each other anymore. no and, I, and she turned it off she was like this is oh so stupid oh my god now I, I i wholeheartedly disagree with that however now is it because we want to fight each other or is it because we want to fuck each other Ooh. there's a there's a well, see, it's it's a thin line right there, and uh, believe you me, I've watched many a Sarah Palin documentaries <laughs> on the uh, yeah. on the old internet, starring Lisa Ann. I've seen that yes. one. Yeah, yes. there you go. Yeah, you've seen the ones. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she was uh. born to play that role. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like like Tina Fey, but in a different. Yeah, in a di admittedly in a different different uh, circumstance. Genre. genre. <laughs> I mean, she, honestly, she should have won an Emmy for that. <laughs> Lisa Ann. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, an EGOT. You know, there you <laughs> Lisa, go. the first porn star to have an egot. An egata. They yeah. should have because the, the avian. The adult, the, yeah, the avian. The adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> egata. <laughs> See, that's the world I want to live in. Yeah. The, the adult. Uh, the adult. It, yeah. The adult industry that? is blended with like the the mainstream <laughs> industry. That's amazing. Now that I like. Yeah. Now we're cooking with gas. Yeah, and there probably be yeah. lot less toxicity uh, in the adult industry. Just like there's no toxicity. In the yeah. other uh, entertainment industry, it's true. Uh, yeah. Side I'm note, I'm of course kidding. Let's we can move. Well, on. <laughs> well, sorry, but side note, the porn industry has their standards and boundaries. They're actually a very sexually healthy people as a whole, as a as a sort of subculture of people. Well, after my, the whole John point, Holmes incident, yeah. My only point. Well, not 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 the old generation, as we've seen with Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, the newer generation of of. Uh, the porn industry are are very. Uh, uh, it's on the up and up. It's on mm. the up and up. I, yeah. I have I have friends in in the industry. And and this is Jerry trying to tell you guys uh, subscribe to his OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, uh, Jerry's OnlyFans. Uh, he dresses up like Jer I... Jerry only from the Misfits. Um, <laughs> and uh, he just uh, shows you his asshole. It's great. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say for Jerry's sake, none of that's true. None of that's true. No. If he says it, it just sounds like he's denying it, but I will stand up for Jerry, and it's me that actually has it. I'm just wearing a Jerry mask. <laughs> it's confusing, Zach. Chris, it take it off. It's very meta. 
now, what happens when civil unrest starts to rear its head is that militia groups on both sides, the, the more Germanic side, the more Polish side, start to form, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, yeah, I mean... You see this all over the place. You, know? you got to defend your Second Amendment rights. You start, well, yeah, you start that, arming that yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You start arming yourself and like, well, if we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight. Mm-hmm. You know. So that starts happening. It just, it just. Yeah, you don't want to be building. the one who didn't arm yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, totally I mean, this is your sense. homeland, right? Yeah. Yeah, and at this point, you're fighting for either your nationalistic pride, or maybe in your mind, because you you can't see into the future, your. Um, your better future, mm-hmm. right? It's it's one of those two things, right? And they say men aren't dramatic. <laughs> it's true, man. Especially in it's this time, it's ridiculous that somebody would say that. They're have you ever so, met men, dude. Have you ever met any man? Have you ever seen a a, <laughs> a drunk man at a bar go from happy to angry to happy to crying? Oh, dude, I've, I, I've, seen, I've seen a guy that is so mad at the bar. He's mad that he thinks that the bar is cheating them. Mm-hmm. And then oh, he I've refuses to leave. Yeah. And it's like, so wait, wait, what? I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember there was one time where a guy refused, refused to res- to sign his tab. He, ref- yeah. he was like, no, I already signed it. Then you got to go. I already signed it. Yeah. Like, he just, yeah, it was a whole thing. It was super it's funny. Like, I'm not going. I, and it's yeah. like, what are you doing here then? You just want to <laughs> yell at me? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Anyway. Now, uh, there's... A really loud voice in in the Polish camp, right? Mm. And his name is Wojciech Korfanty. Mm. I okay? didn't catch that. Can, can can you yell it? Wojciech Korfanty. That's a great name. Okay. Yeah, it is a pretty dope name. Is that a Polish name? It is. Sounds sounds like it. Yeah. Um, the last bit could have been a little Italian, maybe. Yeah. It ends with <laughs> well, I I kind of so. I kind of put up. You also, I, I, with your uh, finger, you went like, Mamma Mia yeah, gesture. Yeah. I, I put a little marinara on that yeah, thing. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you I call that. I can't help it. I can't help it. Yeah, a little I, bit I of I did that with Spanish words where I'd be like, uh, yeah. I can't think of any right now. Yeah, but, you put uh, some cayenne on yeah, that bad boy. <laughs> I, put, I put marinara on <laughs> the habanero. Spanish words. Yeah. <laughs> they sound Italian. Well, he was he was a politician. He had actually served in the Reichstag uh, mm-hmm. during the war. He, he did a lot of things. He was sort of center-right. He actually ran... He was the editor of a newspaper called the Upper Silesian. Mm. And he railed against being a part of Germany, right? Mm-hmm. And people... He didn't like that it was Protestant and that they were Catholic. You know, that that whole old, tired argument. Right. And he also didn't like the Polish-German policies. Basically, yeah, the Germanification of a population being mm-hmm. like, our culture is superior to yours, so you should be like us. That doesn't sound German. Yeah, right? <laughs> if anything, that's Austrian. Yeah. <laughs> At least uh, one Austrian. And another thing in Poland, you know, you get all these people together, and they're like, let's do things like we used to do it when we were in Russia. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we should do it this way when we were a part of Austro-Hungary. It's like, well, we should do it this way because we were part of if Germany. We should do it how we used to do it, because things were better there. And they're like, right. and people think. Well, they just have a lot of different ideas. Yeah. And and it's like, well, so that's already your government 
mm-hmm. your new government is on shaky ground. Again, you know what I mean? Again, it sounds like a fucking confused teenager after talking with the guidance counselor about <laughs> what they want to do with their life. Mm-hmm. Because everyone is giving them unsolicited advice from their own experiences right. and are just bombarding the fuck out of them. Well, I... I, is this I would, a personal experience thing? No, it's not! <laughs> I would say, like, if you were 30, and then you went back to being a teenager in front of the same guidance counselor, now what do you want to do? And it's like, well, I've already done things. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but <laughs> what do you actually want to do? Like, yeah, stop, stop, yeah, stop doing your little podcast thing and get <laughs> yeah. a job. I want to smother that guidance counselor with a yeah. fucking pillow. Anyway, I'm not mad. We've been Are doing you for mad? Three years. Who's mad? Yeah. I'm, I'm not the polls. Not in this episode. They say most podcasts fail in the first eleven episodes. We've done a couple more than that. We've done That's a all I'm saying. Yeah. Mom, actually, she's super supportive. She's super supportive of the she podcast. Is. She uh, loves it. She doesn't like all the the cursing. Oh, yeah. Chris, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if your mom doesn't want any cursing, she can help us out. Join our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, once yeah. uh, we get to that thousand dollar a month mark, if you subscribe for a thousand dollars a month, we will. If I'll take you to Disneyland. If my mom subscribes for a thousand dollars a month, I will quit swearing swearing on the podcast. Yes, yeah. Chris will quit. <laughs> Swearing on the podcast, and I will just double my duty. Oh yeah, yeah. you guys got to Yeah, I got. I got to do something. Yeah. I'll take your mom to Disneyland. I'll, if somebody gives us a thousand dollars a month, I'll take them personally to Disneyland with me. That's yeah. true. We'll have a great time. Um, anyway, so all of this is boiling over, right? You have militia groups forming. Um, they're becoming more po- polarized. You got Corfanti railing, you know, railing against Germans and Germans being like, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's it's really coming to a head. So on August 15th, 1919, mm-hmm. coal miners started striking. Mm-hmm. The reason why they were striking is because they were dying. <laughs> well, no, that they were yeah. fine with. Well, they didn't want to mine coal for Germany. Mm-hmm. They just didn't want to do that. Oh, it makes sense. Okay. And before the plebiscite took place, they were basically doing that. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to do that. So they stopped, and things started to heat up. And some border guards, some German border guards, while this is happening, uh, opened fire into the civilian crowd, killing 10 people. Oh, boy. Uh, it led to a general strike of, like I, I think, like 150,000. And, uh, and now, it's, now people just strike about workers' rights. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, fair pay. Yeah. It, it turned into the first of three of these uprisings we're going to talk about. Hmm. It was unorganized. It was quickly put down by the Volafige Reichsche. 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 And that uh, they put down the this small unorganized uprising. It was way just like, you know, hey, you can't treat us this way type of thing. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of got involved. All these you know, polls got involved. And they're like, yeah, we can. Yeah. And well, the, 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 there were a lot of people that were arrested. And these people that were arrested, there was about 2,500 of them. They were hung or shot mm. by the uh, by, by the Germans. Right? Or they or all had marijuana on them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't get caught with marijuana in Idaho. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking uh, about that. Not that it happened to me, but that I happen to know what does happen to you. If that, yeah. uh, or you can go just slightly case. across the state and just buy it at a weed store. Where like, yeah. don't guys... live in a backwards ass state. How about? Yeah, 
Unless you have backwards ass opinions and then just fucking stay And there. then yeah, stay there. Don't come over to a non backwards ass state. <laughs> <laughs> stay yeah, right sorry, there. Gang. Oh man. Yeah. I was just in Idaho about a week and a half ago. You were I was God, actually I have stories. I, I enjoy I, was I enjoy Boise. I enjoy Boise. I, I was following I fucking the tour. can't stand Boise. For all of you Boise way. listeners, there's you guys are great. There's a lot of them. Can I just Zach. ask real quick? Have you been to other parts of Idaho? Zach. Yeah, okay. uh, been ro- road tripping uh, when I was a kid. Those been, are those are some stories. I've been to Moscow. I've actually I've only passed through Moscow. I went to an Applebee's in Moscow. Ooh. Oh, so you basically passed through a Moscow. So I've basically passed. not been to Idaho. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't try to buy weed there. <laughs> yeah, well, don't. <laughs> but uh, anyway, now because violence was flaring. The Allies, especially the French, were obligated to send a peacekeeping force, right? Yeah. Like, you gotta send soldiers over here. If you're insisting on this land going to Poland, you gotta send forces over yeah. here, right? So you they gotta did. back up your claim. Right. Yeah. And, and it was a small force, but they did. They, they sent them over there, uh, along with some troops from Great Britain and some troops from Italy. The problem with that is that Great Britain, of course, is siding more with Germany. And Italy is also siding more with Germany. Mm-hmm. They so, seem like cool guys. Yeah, so basically, like, they're supposed to be, like, disarming people on the border, things like this. The French are not disarming the Poles. In fact, they seem it seems like they're covertly supporting the Poles by giving mm-hmm. them guns and shit. Hmm. Just and, slide that across yeah, the table. And definitely disarming Rus- uh, the, the Germans on the, mm-hmm. on the other side. And, like... It, it's something that if you live there at that time, you could see, mm-hmm. but the outside world couldn't really. Yeah. Basically, what ended up happening is they couldn't stop the civil strife, and it's because the Allies were completely divided on this whole question, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they couldn't stop it. In fact, they, you know, the French at least definitely fueled it. You know so what I mean? In, in, the, in the broadest strokes, the French essentially want like the resources in that area, right? They want the or they resources. they don't want Germany to have them. More yes. specifically, they they want the resources to go to literally anyone else anyone. except you for can throw Germany. them in the fucking ocean yeah. for all I care. Again, ha, ha, ha. they're going. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to Poland, right? And Poland is going to be like, their new ally, right? Yeah, well, yeah but old, and England but is like, ally. but we want the reparations. So how else are they going to? Right, they're right. not going to have them if they're fucking poor. Well, and a lot of the reparations goes goes to France, and he's like, well, yeah. You're like, well, if you know, we want the reparations and we want to fuck them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just, it, yeah, exactly. They're kind of shooting. If themselves you know the history, like but. they're experiencing like World War like one and even before that, where it's like they wanted to be part of World War One main majorly because during the unification of Germany, they lost a lot of yeah. um, borders. Like they got lost a lot of land. Yeah, land on the west. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, on the west of Germany. Yeah. West of Germany, yes. Yeah. East, and like, east of France. So they kind of went to the war being like, we want that back. Yeah. You know, now, you know. They, well, now it's a, <laughs> yeah, now it's a, a DMZ. It's you a know, four, four years later, you know, charging through fucking Belgium and four years of war. Well, and every time uh, the Germans would, because basically they're like, we're going to send troops down to Silesia uh, to guard what's ours. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, you know, the French are like, uh, we didn't say, no one said that was yours yet, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do that, you're not abiding by the Treaty of Versailles, you were supposed to completely dismantle your military, 
And they're like, look, we have a hobbled military, and I'll get into that here in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and and Britain was like, yeah, they're just defending their own lands. They're we like, haven't done a pre- it's plebiscite It's just a series yet. of private mil- militias. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and not far off. Yeah. Uh, but... And it turns out like, there could be gray area about what's a military. Yeah. And, and you know, it, while they're quibbling about all this stuff, uh, in the meantime, the civil strife is just heating up mm-hmm. in, in Silesia, especially Upper Silesia. Germans were looting Polish shops. And here's another thing, guys. The Jewish population in Poland, do you think they're being treated well? The, uh, oh, fantastic. I'm going to go they're with... fine. I'm going to go without the joke. <laughs> yeah. And say that obviously not. No. They were kind of famously not anywhere. No. Uh, well, and the thing was, is like, long time ago, when Poland was like the Commonwealth of... Uh, you know, the common part of the Commonwealth, mm-hmm. is that it actually was a decent place for Jews to live. That's why they have a, a larger Jewish population. Yeah. But after the First World War, a lot of Bolshevism, and especially in Germany... Bolshevism and the fact that they lost was blamed on Jews. Mm-hmm. So, like, Bolshevism and Jews went hand in hand in a lot of uh, this ideological, you know, try to make sense of things, right? The Bolshevism equals Jews mm-hmm. that also bled over into Poland, mm-hmm. right? So, they were not treated well in Poland either, you yeah. know, in, mm-hmm. in the interwar well, period. Well, it's like, I mean, the whole thing, I think we mentioned this on the show, like, Hitler didn't invent anti Semitism. Uh, no. It's existed forever, and uh, no. my understanding, like, in the, again, broadest strokes of the sense, it's like, it's because all these Christians essentially had, like, rules against banking. Yeah. So who was doing the banking, you know? Right. And it exactly. Just, they were like, why do they have all the mo- banks and the money? Well, because it, just, it was illegal for, you know... Yeah, and it's It like, was illegal for certain people to touch money, you know, right. to deal Well, with it just money. comes down to, like, how fucking stupid a reason anti-Semitism is against in the well, first place. Well, it's because they, they didn't really understand history... You know, and when you don't understand history, you repeat it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's Uh, why they're trying to keep you from learning it in Florida, and they want that to be national, nationalized. Yeah, in this in this country, (laughs) vote this year. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. In this country, they they they're dumbing down your history books. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are. They are actively stealing knowledge from you and your children. Yeah, and that's what they want. Yeah, and that's why Florida's the first to do it. Texas. Texas. Uh, They want that to be the full country. Yeah. And they will fight for that. Yeah. Once they have these books, like, fully, you know, I'm sure Idaho will buy them. I'm Mm -hmm. sure, you know. They're like, oh, this one doesn't even mention the Holocaust or slavery. It's great. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway. Write um, to your congressman so that the History Boys podcast is on every public school curriculum. I'll teach your kids. I'll teach your kids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Trust us, they're in good hands. Uh, now, Germany, Germany. Uh, you know, I, I want to so at some point do a, like a full deep dive on the Weimar Republic. It, it is fascinating. It is, it is terrifying. It is haunting to learn about their country. You know, at, at this time, mm-hmm. with what is going on in our own country. Um, oh, absolutely! It is. It is spooky. How well, similar like, it all is. I mean. You know, at least they taught that's like that period of time, like Germany between World War One and Two. They taught when I was in school. Like we never really learned any of that. It's interesting. I, I lived in a yeah. blue state, and it's pretty interesting how different what yeah. I learned. Yeah, we never really learned <laughs> like, anything absolute, about. I remember like seeing pictures from the Holocaust uh, in high school. Oh well, the Holocaust. You may have seen that. The Holocaust, yes. World War Two, yes. World War One, even a little bit. 
But the interwar period, the Weimar Republic, absolutely oh, not. Oh, interesting. I absolutely definitely remember hearing about that. That was me, again. That's just how it was for us. But So basically, at this time, I do want to do a deep dive on Weimar, but what's important to know in this episode is that there? it, it is a pretty progressive go- government, uh, the Weimar Republic, it, mm-hmm. it was, and they were basically just trying to juggle all of these problems at the same time, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, and it it was one thing after another, and it just destroyed everything. You know, all their yeah. high hopes. And As everything. a you know, uh, self admitted progressive and leftist, yeah, that sounds a bit like a very progressive like thing yeah. to happen. Right. Yeah, well, it just it, it is one thing after another. It's like if you are trying to help everyone, yeah, yeah, or trying to like, yeah. It causes it causes difficulties. Well, and and things that they couldn't have foreseen, mm-hmm. you know, like a pandemic. Uh, but <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you know, which there was at this time. There was, there was indeed. Basically, there there are soldiers that were coming back from the war, and a lot of them demobilized themselves. They straight up just like put their rifle on their back and got back to Germany <laughs> themselves. They get, like they get back, then they go fuck that shit. Yeah, fuck <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming back. So, like, they would come back and, like, their country's very different. Mm-hmm. They feel that their own country sold them down the river. There, There's this myth uh, that's going around that wouldn't be dispelled for decades later. That while they were in the trenches, and if you heard this and you thought it would, you thought it, it was true, I could see how you'd be mad, but it wasn't true. But what they thought is that they thought that Bolsheviks and Jewish people... While they were sitting cold in the trenches, basically sunk a knife in their back, mm-hmm. and was like, you know, all that loss and everything. Yeah, and what was it? Through. What was it all for? Yeah, we we stopped the war for our own gains, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the people you saw die next to you, um, it was for nothing. Yeah, I totally you know? like imagine that. Like yeah. four years in a fucking trench, yeah. coming back, f- finding like everything your is government changed. trying to. Completely different government in place. Completely trying to different. patch every fucking problem, and you were just left to not give a shit. And you're also in the military. And you're like, and and the military is hardcore in in, in mm-hmm. Germany. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. so you were ingrained in, into the military culture. And the, and the thing is, is when you're in the military culture, you don't answer to a civilian government. You answer to a military mm-hmm. government. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. you're used to hearing stuff. For. So when like civilians tell tell you to do shit you're you're almost intrinsically like no what do you know fuck you where were you when i was in the fucking trench exactly i get that so so when they got back and they pointed the fingers at at, you know bolsheviks and jews they were like okay so these are my enemies these are the people who sold me down the river they're wrong and well if you think the nazis were the only people telling them that you're wrong also well that's the other thing it was a bunch of different people saying it and i know that we aren't (laughs) you know we aren't talking about the beginnings of world war ii but we are Kind I of. mean, yeah, sort yeah. of. That, but it's like, if you come back, like, everything f- is unfamiliar, everything sucks, you just went through mm-hmm. all this shit, your country is paying out re- reparations to your enemies, mm-hmm. that's coming from your hard work. Yep. Like, everything is being taken from you, what did you fucking fight for this whole exactly. fucking time? And then you get these, these people coming down being like, it's the Jews, it's the Bolsheviks, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's these they're leftists. wrong, and yeah. of course they go in a bad direction, but like... You gotta understand why they think this, right? You know, yeah. you gotta understand like the access to like it was how the they truth were... is isn't necessarily yeah. It doesn't it... matter. The truth doesn't matter. Is but right. you are like I am suffering. I fucking fought this war. What was it all for? Right. That rhymes. Well, it wasn't for anything. Yeah, you know? but but 
that's not the way they saw it, right? And when you see, like, drastic changes and things like this, and, you know, you don't have, you know, your strong leader like you had before, you know, your military, your militaristic strong leader like you had before, you have instead what, you know, what you consider people who did not go to war, mm. did not do all this, who protested against the war. It's basically like Vietnam, mm-hmm. if the Vietnam protests actually ended the war. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then when you got back as a Vietnam soldier, your your country was also different because it was rewritten by the same people that protested the war. Mm-hmm. So when you come back, you know, like, if you could imagine that, I mean, circumstances are different, but if you can imagine that, it, it's akin to those things. And so they stayed together in these militant groups called mm-hmm. the Fry Corps. The Free okay. Corps, right? The Fry Corps. Mm. And the Fry Corps, there, there were, there were the just... They, they were totally disjointed. They were all there were over a hundred of them. They were all over the place, and like the Nazis stem out of this. But uh, basically, it's so it's, it was a Freikorps franchise. Well, it, it's it's a it's a far right movement of military veterans, the far from the war, and they all called themselves the Free Corps, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Free Military, right? The and far right Freikorps franchise. <laughs> There you go. Brought to you <laughs> by Jimmy Johns. <laughs> yeah. And okay, cool. Anytime like the Weimar government had to deal with something militarily, mm-hmm. which was often, um, well, they, they had to rely on the Freikorps. Because they didn't have a military. They no. Had. It was it was you know totally you know, so their guns, you know, they didn't have many guns, they didn't have a lot of ammunition. You know, all this stuff. They've been totally disarmed. So <laughs> So what I'm hearing is it's a bunch. Germany during this time is a bunch of hippies running shit, at, being like, <laughs> veterans, can you please solve this problem for me? Yeah, they're rising up, uh, communists are rising up in the east, they're rising up in the south, can you please deal can with you? these guys? And they're like, <laughs> fuck you, but yes, I will. You know, like, and then they go down. because I believe in killing communists. Yeah, and they go down and they, they deal with it horribly, you know, they spray paint swastikas on Jewish homes, mm-hmm. uh, they do all that, that kind of stuff. Is they, the swastika imagery already happening oh, at this yeah. point? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yep, yep. That is attached, as far as I can tell, to anti-Semitism and white supremacy in, I believe, 1906 or 7. Interesting. So in Romania. Yes, oh, in Romania, I, I, I believe, is where it comes from. Yeah. Yes. But uh, why? Where that comes from. People talk about that, like... Because, okay, okay, real quick, yeah, on the sorry. swastika, real quick, <laughs> it's basically another... We told us basic it's a this is a huge subject here mm-hmm. but basically at its bare bones it is another form of the cross yeah right within this eurocentric understanding because it exists in north america it exists in southeast asia it exists mm-hmm. in asia it exists, it exists nearly everywhere yeah, yeah, yeah. okay the 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 swastika like imagery exists everywhere and all pretty much means about similar things right but it was used as sort of a different way as depicting the cross, but depicting the cross in an, like, you know, like, uh, it's always sunny when they go, okay, who are we doing this against? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you don't right. have to be doing it against anybody, right? Like, but, but but they're like, this cross basically symbolizes the, the basically, Christianity, and we're doing it against someone else. Yeah. Right? It, it's, stand, it's like a militant Christianity, mm-hmm. right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, and I suppose. I, am not, I mean, I'm, I'm just 
I am I, not I, I doing gonna, a great job at really doing all the full. Th- this well, is a huge thing I, here. I understand the concept of why these people are doing it. There's a lot to be done, but why that symbol was chosen specifically? Yes, 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 and yes, yes, yes. Right. It, like as you're saying, it must start originated. That use of it originated yeah. in, in, a, in an anti-Semitic way in Romania, yes. of all places. Where it's yes. like, I feel like I've always learned like practically Hitler invented it because no. they always want to talk. Like Hitler invented uh, anti-Semitism, you yeah. know, but like, yeah. it's not true. He adopted it. He adopted it. He's like, yeah, they they were born in the darkness. He merely adopted it. Exactly. Right. I, I mean, like my my thoughts, my my original opinions uh, on it and everything was that it's because of like Hitler's sort of obsession about like different uh, like I guess mysticism and culture and would go into like the Far East Asia and everything yeah, like that yeah. where definitely heard that. like in I'm sure a lot of Asian countries it was that. a form of peace yes. more than anything else but then he uh, I guess it would be the equivalent of like doing the in- inverting yeah. the cross so well, inverting well, the well the thing is is even in those cultures um, they had an inverted swastika right Mm-hmm. That that meant they meant different things, and Hitler actually turned it on its side. Right, right. You noticed it's kind of on its side. Right, yeah. But uh, yeah, it does matter sort of what it means based off of which direction it's facing. Da 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 da. Each culture it means something a little different. Um, but in Europe it meant something else as well. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And and, now in the and world, it became it means... to mean something else. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the thing yeah. about a symbol is it's like when it, when people go oh. I, Sometimes you always hear that whole thing about people want to bring it back, and it's like, no, no. that's that's no, done. it's done, it's done. It's I'm just sorry. a fucking symbol. First of all, yeah. symbols. It's a shape you draw. Yeah, on a pe- a symbol. Yeah, like now. people at home recognize the difference between a symbol and what the symbol is meant supposed to re- represent, because often people start well, making there, too much attachment. To there the are symbol three. Itself. There are three. There are three things, right? There's the symbol. Mm-hmm. There's the signified, what the symbol means. Right. And then there's the signifier, what that actually is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So the symbol, right, is like the swastika. Um, what it means is it's anti-Semitism in this mm-hmm. context. And then what it actually is, is the Holocaust, right? Yeah, right. Like, like, you know, everything that Nazism stands for, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, always keep in mind, all symbols have those three things. So it's rules right? of the three. Symbol, well, the symbol, the signifier, and the signified. Okay. Right? So Fred Perry, uh, black and yellow, Proud Boys. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Okay, cool. Right. <laughs> I mean, sort of. <laughs> yeah. But it was quite the uh, sort of tangent. But it's like we're telling a story that heavily has to do with World War One and Two. Yeah. Like it's yeah. almost impossible to not be like. And then th- here's another thing. Yeah. Well, bringing it back to Silesia. Yeah. Right. Let's um, go back there. Yeah. August nineteenth, nineteen twenty. There was a second uprising. Uh, this one was more organized. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, it, in a, an electric boogaloo. If you <laughs> well, it was slowly brought to an end by uh, September. Um, by Basically, it was a combined effort of ally, allied military operations and uh, negotiations. But basically what they decided at that point, they were like, okay, no one can stop this from happening. It's, it's getting even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting more organized. It's getting worse. What can we do to fix it? So they were like, okay, well, the police force here has to be at least Polish, mm. or at least 50% Polish mm. is what okay. they were saying. Because at that time, almost all of the police force was, was German, right? And then when they were like 50% Polish, 
you know, it sort of brings it back down. Now, in some places, that was already true. Mm-hmm. There, it was already 50% Polish. Or maybe right? more. Right, yeah. yeah, 60%. No, no, it's true. But it's these really problem places where they, you know, needed Polish police. So you didn't mm-hmm. have just a giant German police force beating up people mm-hmm. that were like, ah, fuck you, Polish. You know, like yeah, that right, kind yeah. of a thing, you know. Another thing that's sort of indicative of uh, our country, you know, like you have an an overarching ideology within the police force that the another aspect of the public does not share mm-hmm. or yeah. completely outright disagrees with. Yeah, you know, I don't know how to stop that either because this didn't stop anything else either. So well, it, like- it was a band aid. They also wanted the POW, the Polish Military Organization. That is not what I'm used to that standing for. I know. Well, well, in Polish... <laughs> I understand. It's Polska Organizacja Wolowskowa. Yeah, they wanted the prisoners of war. POW, the, the yeah. Polish military organization, mm. to basically set their guns down and stop this, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're headed up by, like, Corfanti is, like, sort of, like, their, their guy. They don't. They don't do that. They don't mm-hmm. set their guns down. You know what I mean? So, leading up to the plebiscite that's coming up, in, in 1921, in April, leading up to, to the plebiscite, Corfanti starts circulating more pro- propaganda being like, they're just going to agree with the British and Italian side and, and just cut the line where they said it was, mm-hmm. which pissed people off. Right. The, yeah. the Poles and the Salesians really pissed them off. So they, they start like building up now, mm-hmm. you know, before the plebiscite even, even is decided. Now, when the plebiscite is actually, when they actually go through it, there's no violence on, like, that time. It's like everybody held their breath. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what happened was, is that 60% uh, of the population voted to stay with Germany. Mm. And you know what? They couldn't point fingers at each other because 98% of the population participated in that vote. Wow. wow. So that Holy right shit. there... That is a divided society. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So piss people off. I mean, they're they're extremely divided, and now they're like, well, we can't just let all of it. Now they're not even going to cut it. They're just going to leave it with Germany. All of mm-hmm. it. All of it. Does. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're not even going to chop it, like, mm-hmm. like what some people thought maybe was a possibility that we could do. Right. So on May 2nd, 1921, Corfanti leads the third and the bloodiest Silesian uprising. It always comes in threes. Yeah. Well, this time, they'd be ready. This time, they would be organized. And this time, by God, they would win. They outnumbered the German forces. And in some pockets, had them outgunned. Because, again, they're fighting like German partisans. Not mm-hmm. necessarily the Freikorps at this point, right? Right. Okay. So, because they had, you know, militias. Same thing with them, Mm -hmm. except that these Polish militias were now being backed by the Polish army and covertly the French army. Yeah. Right. So they had a little bit more going for them, a little bit more going for them. They weren't nearly as well trained as like the hardened Freikorps. So the French are over there poking holes in it. Yeah. Much like the Swiss and their cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Poking holes in my cheese? Yeah. That's where it comes from. They're (laughs) just crossing the border, poking holes in their cheese. That's what it's always been. Yeah. It's it's the way to cheat me out of my money. Yeah. So they get more money. Yeah. Damn Swiss. Anyway. (laughs) uh, Now, the German uh, forces were indeed ill-equipped. They didn't have very many machine guns. They were being disarmed. 
they didn't have a lot of ammunition. Their supply lines were insanely stretched, right? Mm-hmm. Even yeah. at this point, it, you know, on on the border. However, they were veterans of the Great War. Yeah. And uh, they knew how to fight. I mean, they just came from it. They knew exactly what the fuck they were doing. I was doing this right. the whole time. Yeah. These pole, the, these poles over here, Salesian poles didn't really. Mm-hmm. They're they're civilians. That, that took up arms, right? This yeah. is an uprising. They On the took German up arms. side, these are the guys who survived the war. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? The guys that still want to fight. Not not to discredit those who didn't, I, to well, be very I, clear. Well, and a lot of their officer corps, too, uh, I just retired. I seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, a lot of their officer corps retired. So you get these bitter, younger officers in mm-hmm. the Freikorps that are way more radical. Well, they probably grew into it, too. Well, right? well like, especially like when you come home, mm-hmm. and you know we just talked about this, yeah, yeah. and then you're made an officer. Now you get to call the shots. Mm-hmm. So now the whole military is amped up. It mm-hmm. is way more extreme than it used to be. Oh, it's like Woodstock 99. Right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of testosterone yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fervor. Your fervor is Kid high. Rock's running shit now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now... Through the month of May that year, the Polish forces drove back German partisans, drove them all the way back to the Oder River, which is where they wanted the line to be drawn, at least, mm-hmm. right? And they knew that, that they were going to see some Freikorps here in a second, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But for now, they were winning. They were pushing them back. And it infuriated Weimar, and it infuriated, especially the Freikorps, really pissed them off because they're taking these German lands. They don't like that one bit. So, Weimar... Basically says, hey, Fre- you know, all these disjointed Freikorps, don't go down and fight them. You're going to mm-hmm. start another world war if you do that. Don't do that. I know, we're pissed, but we're going to do this at the uh, d- diplomacy table. Please don't go down and start shooting people. Yeah. They rolled for charisma and initiative, yeah. and uh, it was a critical failure. Or at least that was the outward appearance. Mm-hmm. I think it was more like a, no, don't. <laughs> I think it was more of that. Oh, okay, so yeah, like, so so they rolled critical failures on charisma, but for deceit, it was exactly. uh, it was yeah. crit. <laughs> they were yeah. like, no, don't wink, wink. Yeah, okay. and the thing was, is they were shooting themselves in the foot because now they've come to resent you for you know putting out your little fires for right. you, and also it strengthens the Freikorps position, you know, the far right extremist position, and it weakens. Any position, any footing you ever had mm-hmm. as a legitimate and stable government. Well, it doesn't help that you shot yourself in the yeah. foot. That's why you lost that footing. <laughs> yeah. But by all sides, by the far left as well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're right. like, oh, they need these guys that don't even like them. You yeah. know, and we don't like them. But, you know, <laughs> it weakens the whole Weimar position. Yeah. Right? So a guy named uh, Karl Hoffer, mm. he was... Uh, I, I am sure I'm butchering the German pronunciation of that, but he was a uh, he was sort of made commander, and there's a couple more. There there was a uh, Bernard von Holsen, and uh, they united a couple uh, outfits, I guess, of the Freikorps together to go down and uh, mm. deal with this situation, right? And uh, there was a lot of fut- future Nazi leaders that actually took part in this operation, and. As this is happening, as they're kind of getting everything together and they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're getting the band back together, right, mm-hmm. guys? You know, there's German propaganda that's like, these Poles are out there and they're they're looting German stores and they're, you know, it's banditry run amok. There's, it's yeah. lawless, you know. And same thing from the other side, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're finally taking it back from the German banditry, you mm-hmm. know. So, it, there, it's a no-win, you know, sum here. Yeah. 
Well, a very strategic point that the Poles did take uh, near the Oder River was a place called Annaberg. There's a hill there, mm-hmm. and they could kind of oversee everything, you know, below them, right? So mm-hmm. this really good position. And uh, the Germans, once they, once they decided that they were going to take this hill, this Annaberg Hill, they were like, ah, shit, this is going to be difficult without artillery. Mm-hmm. They don't have any artillery. None. So, like, trying to take the hill for them, they were like, man, this is way more difficult yeah. than it used to be. Right. You know? Remember when we had guns and shit? Yeah, big ammo. ones. Yeah. And, yeah, they don't have a lot of ammo. Their supply lines are stretched. So they do, though. They do take the hill because what they're doing is they're using the Great War tactics to exploit little holes in their line mm-hmm. and basically bypass points of, you know, point, points of resistance, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, like a pinhole in a condom. Yeah, yeah, yes. uh, yeah. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. And, Life uh, finds a way. It finds a way. And, uh, <laughs> Hi, in, Tyler. In the course of seven hours, the Germans take the the hill. And it's called the Battle of Annaberg. Hmm. They take the hill. And the Poles are in retreat, right? And they get so on themselves for doing this. Even Even their own commander is like, this is the first German victory since 1918. You know, so they get really on them. They, they, they. By the way, they flag the, uh, they, they fly the imperial German flag, not mm-hmm. the Weimar flag. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They fly that flag, the uh, Confederate so, flag. Yeah. So that shows you where their heads are at. Like yeah. we're we're doing this for what we actually think Germany should be. Right. You know, and they get up there and they're like, you know, if only they would just let us do this, we could fix all of Germany's problems. Like, that's where their heads are at. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. We could have won the war. We could have done it. Like, it was these guys back pushing papers that lost the war for us. Mm-hmm. No fault of ours. You know, so you can really tell when they fly that flag at the at the end of this battle exactly where, like, all the Freikorps stood. Oh, absolutely. You know, during yeah. this time. Right. Uh, but all of that was completely misplaced. They completely underestimated the Polish because once they regrouped, they counterattacked mm-hmm. and with the fervor, right? And they could never really dislodge the Germans from this position, but it was a bloody stalemate. Yeah. And like, keep in mind, like a lot of this stuff was because of the lack of ammunition, the lack of training, mm-hmm. the lack of all these things. It was guerrilla warfare yeah. on both sides, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? In a lot of places. And it, and it wasn't just here, too. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Yeah. It was not just here. It was pretty much everywhere. Um, but once the stalemate kind of ground to that stalemate, uh, France basically was infuriated that they would do this, that Germany would uh, intercede in this matter. And they wanted the Freikorps to be disarmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weimar de- denied all culpability, which, of course, is a half-truth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, Corfanti, he, he was, uh, everyone was like, Corfanti's over there being a warlord. He's out there handing out executions just on the fly. And it's like, was he? Yeah, probably. You know, yes. probably. Right. Also, wasn't you know? he trying to protect the land that was given to him? His well, well, okay. So it depends on which way you see it. Yeah. So it's like, are you going by the plebiscite or are you going by the original fourteen points of the, point. of, yes, the right. of, of the Treaty of Versailles? Like, which way you're going with it? Yeah. There's no. It's all gray area. Well, and and the British were like, well, the Treaty of Versailles says that there should be a plebiscite, and they said Germany. 
So mm-hmm. Germany has every right to defend their land. That that's a solid argument, right? Yeah. Right. And France is like, no, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Uh, it still blows my mind that a fashion company came up with uh, this treaty. Oh, I'm thinking of Versace. <laughs> <laughs> the Treaty of Versace. <laughs> Sorry. Totally uh, different thing. That, and by the way, there's like, pff, I don't know, a hundred Treaty of Versailles. <laughs> there's oh. a shit ton of Treaty of Versailles. Half of them are written by the guys from Versace. Yeah. <laughs> Just threw a couple more in there. Yeah. Uh, and they were also afraid that Corfanti, knowing that he maybe was losing, uh, that he would just blow up the mines and blow up these these industrial centers and be like, fuck you, take it then, Germany. Fuck you, rebuild your fucking mines. That's what I would do. Right? Yeah, they were afraid that was going to happen. And the British were like, okay, okay, everyone calm down. And they sent in some peacekeeping troops uh, with a actually a Canadian general to, to help decide. Um, didn't work. He didn't, didn't know what it was all the boot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't work. But the official end of the third and bloodiest Silesian uprising was July 21st, 1921. Um, around 3,000 people died on both sides. Uh, but the number is hard to count. Yeah, um, as most of those numbers there, are. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there wasn't a ton of media, like outside media. Mm-hmm. Like the thing about like, Ethiopia, even, during the Italian invasion, is they had media from all over the world there. Right. Um, not so in Silesia. Again, yeah. the Americans didn't really take any notice. They didn't care. Um, nothing was getting out yeah. of Central and Eastern Europe. It's the Roaring Twenties for them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> nothing they're was getting out of there. They're yeah. hella great Gatsby right now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Silesian would have uh, been in better... Uh, been in a better state if Selassie was there to like no, put some. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying they had news. Yeah, that's they had American the writers. They had British writers. They had French writers. They had Spanish writers. Basically, just journalists. Mm-hmm. They're documenting what was going on mm-hmm. from the West. Right. Anything they had like that down there was partisan, mm-hmm. you know, and or favored one of the allies. So, yeah, completely sure. unreliable. Completely unreliable. You had your you CNN know. and you had your Fox. Right. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Well, CNN is... Got rebought. And right. Well, yeah. you got your Fox and your Fox. Yeah. Well, yeah, CNN would have been France, basically, mm-hmm. in the basic way of understanding this, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what side of the border you're on, I guess. I don't know. Because, I mean, if you were German, CNN, you know... France was your fox, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, I don't know, you know, it's... So you had your Breitbart, and you had your Alex Jones. Right. <laughs> okay. yeah, there you go. There you go. That, that honestly, is a more accurate way of putting it, because it's propaganda on both sides. Mm-hmm. It right. really is. And those chemtrails. Don't yeah. get us started. Yeah. So, they, they, calmed, they calmed down the shooting part, right? And the uh, Allied Plebiscite Commission, you know, the people just overseeing the plebiscite, they were like, okay, so we can't figure this out. Mm-hmm. So they tanded it to the newly formed <laughs> beacon of light of all things fair and peaceful and equitable, mm-hmm. the League of Nations. Yeah, I knew, that, right. I knew where that was going. Yeah, I, 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 
I was trying to be as sarcastic as possible. You know, I got that came off. I got that. Good. <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to say Adolf Hitler. I mean, yeah, yeah. Adolf Hitler. I knew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And even the league went, okay. They're like, this one's a doozy. Yeah. We're going to give this to a couple of our smaller members. Yeah. To we're going to delegate this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we're going to delegate this to a couple of our sm- uh, representatives, some of our smaller members. So, they gave it to Belgium, yeah. Spain, China, and Brazil to decide. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Oh, I thought you were going to say Oscar Armentrout. <laughs> yes. The smallest of members. Yeah. The smallest district. Well, in Belgium is uh, a little bias. Mm. I will yeah, say. You, <laughs> you mean the country yeah, yeah, that literally... Fucking marched through us to fight yeah. France. <laughs> yeah, they're a little biased. They're like, yeah, yeah, I think they would be. But after representatives of each country uh, start this investigation, they they reach a decision. Okay, and they basically, you know, they pull out their big map, you know, of just of just Silesia, and they they're gonna uh, see the big board. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they draw a line. They draw a line. Right. Doctor Strange Love. Okay. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite movies. Still and holds up. This decision pleased no one. Yeah. No one was happy with their, their decision. Because here, here's what happened. Most of the population would go to Germany, mm-hmm. which sucks for Poland. Mm-hmm. Right. But out of the 61 coal mines in this area, 50 went to Poland. That's what I thought it was going to be. The, popul- yeah. the populated area. I thought you were going to say the It's the, the only way to do it. It's the only Germany. way to do it. The coal mines go to Poland. Yeah, the cities, the German cities, right, go right. to Germany, right? Yeah. And then the coal mines the, in the rural areas go to Poland, right? Yes. And there's exceptions to that rule, of course. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, that's what it is, right? The Poles were unhappy uh, because they still have Polish nationals on that side of the border yeah. that are being repressed now fiercely yeah and there are germans on the other side of the border that are now being fear also being fiercely repressed so both sides hate this germany's like i can't pay my war reparations now i don't Mm -hmm. have these mines you know so no one's happy with this with this decision at all right uh do you think if the war reparations were a little more reasonable germany could have been a little more uh I, i read a book for this about the Weimar Republic. Yeah. About the war. I mean, I know that's probably like, oh, do you have now, 20 hours to get a, sm- uh, at a small the, answer? The author of the source that I read, he maintains, and he is a real historian. I'm not mm-hmm. a real historian. I just read real historians. Yes. You're just I a history listen boy. to you. Yeah. Uh, he maintains that with careful economic practices that Weimar could have, it was possible that they could have paid their war reparations. Now, that's only surface level, though. That's taking out the, you know, all of the uprisings, you know, your your Bolshevik uprising that, that happened. everything went your, your shit that happened in, in Westphalia, your shit that happened in, in the Polish Corridor, and your shit that happens in fucking Silesia. Mm-hmm. And then, you also have hyperinflation, because you keep printing more money, to fund mm-hmm. all of these things, right? And, yeah. and keep these things open. And then you have the stock market crash, which just destroys everything. Destroy yeah. everything that you had planned. Everything that was going well in, in Weimar, which there were a lot of things going well in Weimar that they do deserve credit for. All of a sudden, that's out the window. Mm-hmm. So it was just one thing after another that fucked them in the ass 
over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Right. And, yeah. and instead of a, a more progressive centrist government, which they were, yeah. you get a far right one. You get the almost historically exact opposite. Like yeah. one of you, the best examples. You get the poster boy of far right <laughs> like yeah. politics. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh anyway. So Corfanti was also accused of, of course, by the Germans, of organizing terrorism mm-hmm. uh, against the German civilians in in Upper Silesia. And again, one man's terrorism is another man's freedom fighter. Absolutely. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? So yes, but also no. You know, <laughs> the German propaganda newspapers also smeared him uh, by 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 saying that he ordered the you know executions and murders of uh you know these politicians and you know he he was basically conducting vigilante justice during this time oh, of uh well more like scarecrow in Batman uh Dark <laughs> Knight like, Returns okay because I was that like, where we're like he's like the head of like that yeah. like kangaroo court. Mm. That like that's like Corfanti. Right? That's what my favorite part in that whole movie, and you know I do not care for that. I movie. know, I know. That, I I think that's a concept that I think if they went more with that, yeah. It, so anyway, Batman. Uh, <laughs> it's not just a city in Turkey. So by 1923, Poland had its borders that were tenuous, with strong enemies on all sides, and the hatred between the two wasn't gone. It was just stewing. Right, mm-hmm. right, and it wouldn't go away until way after the the Second World War. Yeah, and even to this day, Poland doesn't side with Germany on anything. Yeah, really, <laughs> you land know? and like, yeah. If you if if you read the sequel to this story, <laughs> yeah, Corfanti he actually had to flee Poland uh, due to in, internal political divisions. Uh, he briefly. Uh, served during the Vitos uh, administration. And then he, well, of course, he stood for the Catholic Polish nationalism, you know, mm-hmm. and all of these things that, that he had been. Although he kind of went away from, like, the center, like, he was always sort of center-right, meaning center-right Polish nationalist. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but he kind of went away from that and kind of went a little bit more towards the Polish government's more centralist uh, standing. Left. Right? Uh, he moved to Czechoslovakia. He was forced to leave Poland, but and he went to Czechoslovakia uh, during the German occupation and actually helped fight the German occupation there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, he went to France and stayed there for a little while, and he came back to Poland when uh, it was clear that Germany and Russia weren't going to He's cooperate. Like my, my people need me. Yeah, and it was clear that they were just going to... Basically, they were going to meet in the middle of Poland and fight it out. <laughs> is is you know that that's yeah. how it was basically. It's like what know. I was saying at the beginning. It's like oh, the stomping ground. Yeah, yeah. right. And this so ah, oh, such luxurious yeah. marching. Yeah, I don't have to go up Alps. Yeah. So he went back to Poland to help fight for Poland, but he was arrested immediately and sent to prison. And it was because of his. Well, and a lot of people think this. It's unclear of how he died. It's because of his uh, outstanding um, alimony payments. <laughs> well, it's because of what he did with the Silesian Uprising. Oh, for, I did forget about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he uh, <laughs> he uh, was arrested immediately, and people people say that like he died from the harsh treatment and prison conditions that he had 
uh, while in prison. Um, but his death, again, is sort of still, you know, cause of death is kind of up in the air still. Silesia itself, however, at the end of this whole thing, one thing they did get that still stands to this day is they are an autonomous zone oh. within Poland. No uh, with their own, uh, you know, they have their own language, their own culture even, but their own parliament mm -hmm. and, and voting body. At least they have Just that. Just like uh, they, CHOP in Capitol Hill. There you go. They still have, you know, they're still a part of Poland, you know, and, and there's still a movement to make Silesia its own country. Mm -hmm. Things have cooled down a lot since then, though. There's still sort of divisions because, you know, Poles are like, well... You people over there in Silesia, you're you're a little bit more German than we'd like you to be. You know, and they're like, like, well, stop considering everything German to be bad, right? You know, <laughs> right. So there, you know, there's all the no. It's still sort of going on, right? But this this is basically the fallout of everything else. You know, the rise of Nazism, the rise of Hitler, is on the heels of not just the Silesian uprisings. But everything else that was also going on, it was one piece mm -hmm. that was the same as a min as many other pieces. Well, yeah, it's interesting because that. it's like the the time period between World War One and Two. This is kind of a microcosm of what was kind of happening everywhere. Yeah, yeah, to one degree or another, however, yeah. to certain levels of intensity. But like, well, in Germans feeling that they are losing some sort of strong leadership, uh, losing land because they don't have strong leadership, you know a lack of nationalism, things like this that mm -hmm. they felt were missing in the Weimar Republic, that uh, why they felt the need for something more extreme, something more right, mm -hmm. something more... Honestly, returning to the old... Make form. Germany great again. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, Hitler did say that, make Germany great no, again. No, I know. He did, literally say that. So, it, it's... Reading about this time and place in history is spooky because... Oh, there's absolutely Man, similarity. Sounds, like, I'm not gonna. Similar. I'm not gonna compare Donald Trump to Hitler because Hitler was smart. But um, <laughs> I will say that you know. Well, I'm not saying Trump is a Nazi. I'm saying Nazis think Trump is a Nazi. I I'm not gonna say Trump is a Nazi, but I will say that Nazis like what he has, has to say. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and with that, <laughs> that is basically our story. Yeah. Um, again, there's so much so much more mm -hmm. and, and i do want to do deep dives on all the other stuff as well but man i learned a lot researching this episode this is a, this is fascinating i learned it a is, lot yeah. i also like that it's uh that you picked a story during the time period where i can actually like, <laughs> <Yeah>. have, <laughs> have some level of understanding yeah, uh, it's because the world wars are fucking fascinating yeah yeah i was gonna say cool but well and yeah, that's the, a little the eastern front too. The uh, Eastern what we, Front, what we yeah. think of in the West as an as an Eastern Front. I don't know you how know. much I've yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Po Poland does not like to be considered Eastern European. They like to well, be considered like, uh, Central is European. The same, like I've been right. to Hungary. They, yeah, we're like, I think I don't know if it's America or even like Western Europe or two as well. Yeah. But like, we almost view anything east of Germany to be East. Eastern. Yeah, <laughs> like. Germany's almost, like, Western. Well, I think we consider it, you know, well... It's kind of central to, like... you know, Germany on the Western Front, and then on the other side of Germany was the Eastern Front. That's what I mean. Right. right. Yeah. And I think that's why we think of that in that way. It may be. You know, yeah, anything yeah, 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 east yeah. of Germany is the is the East, right? But but the, these Eastern Fronts aren't really written about very often in the West. Mm -hmm. They're not written about very often. So it's stuff that I didn't really know. It's stuff that I really had to hunt down... And I really had to 
do a deep dive on all of Polish history to really fully understand. Yeah, I mean, I I think the Eastern Front is very, um, both, you know, during the double war, which is really kind of like, it's like a war and then a slow, well, it's like (laughs) a a world war and then fighting doesn't stop Mm -hmm. in this area, but the world has stopped fighting. It's a very interesting and it's like in the, I mean, I remember talking to my dad about this and it's like, we're talking about like how, you know, there are politicians who are probably going to run for president, uh, you know, like DeSantis, who are actively trying to uh, keep your children ignorant. Right. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to mince words on that. I find that to be one of the scariest things about that group of people yeah. is trying to, you know, if it's, it, we have literally a history podcast where we're trying to get these messages out to people and make them interesting and fun and uh, entertaining. Yeah. And it, you have a group of politicians who are actively trying to keep children from learning the important things that they yeah. need to learn. Well, yeah, right? I, yeah, we're just trying to make history more approachable, and the fact that they're making history unreachable mm-hmm. is is a crime, I think. It, it's a cultural crime that, that, will, that will absolutely have oh, it's absolutely, it's uh, a, it, detrimental effects on our... our whether it's... The it, ideological standing of our... Ideologically and, like, moral... Mora- like, Morally, morally, yeah. it is a cr- criminal act, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I because mean, because it's like these, the horrific. Sorry, I, one last thing: the horrific things that happen in history are massively important to learn, and that seems obvious. But right. when you have people who are winning political races who are saying the exact fucking opposite for saying that. Yeah, that's spooky. I that's mean, the scary. whole reason why is because they want to keep the status quo in check because slavery is illegal. You're- so the only way to uh, keep people ignorant is by uh, criminalizing knowledge. Absolutely. That's uh, why they didn't want fucking peasants to learn to read. Exactly. Right. And on that note, my name is Zach Mack, <laughs> and I am the prodigal history boy you who has returned right you are. for a couple weeks. Yeah. And then I go out again. He'll be here and there. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know. here and there. Tyler, too. He'll be here and there. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm like your dad who went out to go get a pack of smokes, and then he found out that <laughs> your mom won the lotto. <laughs> so, That's great. I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're doing a lot better than that Gary Newman character. Yeah. That's not true. Gary's great, from what I hear. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. I love that guy. That's and, and, and I love the whole crew. I it's miss you guys. I've seen pictures. I've seen quite a few pictures of you in the same <laughs> picture as Gary Newman. It's fucking yeah. wild. Yeah, it's, That's it's very wild. cool. Very yeah. cool. All right. I am Christopher Whedon. I am a history boy. And I don't want to do any of the... The, uh, the outro stuff? The outro. What do you call the... I'll, the, uh, I'll, I'll do... Housekeeping. I'll do, you do it I'll, all. I'll, Tyler was I'll getting really it. good at it. He was getting so good at it. But but I'll do it. I'll do it. Um I, I am Jerry Nash, your humble history boy. As always, thank you so much for listening. We love all of our listeners. Um, we love our shadow listeners, our lurker listeners, and we love especially, and I, and I have to, you know, I definitely love especially our Patreon listeners that mm-hmm. keep our show on the internet. They buy resource materials. They do all of that. And if you want to do that, then you can go to patreon.com and you can find history boys there and you can give us a l- as little as a dollar a month and what that dollar a month will do is it will get you on our discord mm-hmm. where you can hang out with us post memes we can talk we can chat about episodes about anything about your personal life we do all sorts of stuff you can show me pictures of your dog yeah. yeah and our kitty cats and all that type of stuff our cats yeah. or dogs depending on which history boy yes and uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Five dollars a month, you get a shout out, um, and and uh, uh, you get to be on Discord. You also 
for $5 a month. You also get uh, the Patreon show the first month it comes out, right? Yeah. And then, you know, after that, it goes into it goes into like a, a vault, right? Mm-hmm. And the the people that have access to the vault of information, plus everything I just said, um, they're at the ten dollar level. Yeah. They get all, everything we ever produce. Ten dollars right? or more gets yep. you anything that you want, including Chris's <laughs> butthole pictures. Hey now, hey now, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want somebody like taking us to court and it's like, hey, they said it. It's false advertising. Uh, <laughs> they didn't uh, see my finger quotes. Uh, let's, like. Uh, your, your Honor, I was doing finger quotes. Yeah. Of that. And then oh, it's like, yeah. wow. That's legally binding. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, now, uh, <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on all the social medias, your Instagrams, your Facebooks, your Twitters. Uh, interact with us there as well. Send us an email at historyboyspodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from each and every one of you. Um, you can send in, like Kobe did, uh, you can send in episode recommendations or something you want to hear something you don't know about send that in and it might take some time for me mm-hmm. but i will absolutely get on that um and if you happen to have a podcast and you want to do an ad swap also hit us up uh, on yeah, our yeah, gmail oh, i love doing that we, we do that every, yeah. every once in a while we like to give uh, our podcasting friends uh you know we like to share the love mm-hmm. um Mr. Zack, will you finally do us the honor? Love you, bye.